0: welcome to this talk from Emmaus Road, a church with congregations in Guildford and Woking in the UK. To find out more about who we are and what we're up to, please visit us online at EmmausRoad.com. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for the way in which Peter has just dug so deep into your word, Lord, the way that he has searched out the deep deep places of wisdom in order to bring us something of you this morning and so we just pray that you bless the words that he speaks that each heart that listens would be open and ready to hear the word that you have for us this morning in jesus name we ask amen Amen. thank you hannah thank you. try to my best to live up to that introduction I am so excited to be sharing with you today, Emmaus family, everybody else watching and listening in maybe later in the week. Um, I'm wearing a black t-shirt as you can see, Andrea told me to wear one because apparently black is slimming and she said something about lockdown not being kind to me. I'm not sure what she meant but um, I got a little laugh behind the camera here so I'll assume everybody at home had a chuckle and we're off to a good start. I am really, really excited about this series. I've wanted us to do a series on the Psalms for a long time. And so it's great that we are here today. My journey with the Psalms started through that sort of obvious connection between being a worship leader, a musician, and the unspoken pressure that um, the Psalms should therefore be your favorite part of the Bible. But uh, very quickly, as I delved deeper into them, I started to fall in love with these ancient poems. I remember realizing that Jesus quoted from the Psalms more than any other part of the Old Testament and it's actually likely that he knew all of them off by heart. The Psalms are also the most read book of the Bible, apparently. Uh, I think this is in part due to the fact that they go beyond story and events and people and place names. They actually take us somewhere deeper. Think of perhaps your favorite song or a piece of music that moves you. I think, as all good poetry does, the Psalms at their best do that. They evoke something deeper within each of us. Think of Psalm 23, for example, the sheep, the shepherd, the rod, the staff. It's not literally saying that we are sheep, right, but it's evoking something. It takes us to a place of imagination. The 150 Psalms that we have in our Bibles were written over hundreds of years by many authors, and they cover an incredible breadth of subjects. And so to bring some focus to this series, we've decided to hone in on a particular section of the Psalms, the 15 Psalms from 120 to 134, which are called the Songs of Ascent. And Pete touched on this briefly last week, but we think they're called the Songs of Ascent because pilgrims would have sung them three times a year as they journeyed towards Jerusalem as pilgrims, um, ultimately heading up the temple steps, the Songs of Ascent. But more than that, I see them as journey songs. It's a it's a mini hymn book within the wider book of Psalms. Each one representing a step on the road of faith uh, that those of us who journey with Jesus are like likely to encounter along the way. My hope for this series is that they would uh, it would ignite a hunger in you, a passion for the Psalms, either for the first time or maybe for the, the 10th or 100th time. And so I encourage you, even though we're only gonna do five of the 15 over the coming weeks, why don't you read three a week and really journey into these songs of ascent. Um, I believe there's a lot of richness in them that will help us all in this season. So without further ado, we're going to read Psalm 120. Why don't you read it out aloud with me? It's gonna come up on the screen. Now, I call on the Lord in my distress, and he answers me. Save me, Lord, from lying lips and from deceitful tongues. What will he do to you, and what more besides you, deceitful tongue? He will punish you with a warrior's sharp arrows, with burning coals of the brimbush. Woe to me that I dwell in Meshech, that I live among the tents of Kedar. Too long have I lived among those who hate peace. I am for peace, but when I speak, they are for war. I know what you're thinking. Yes, I did get one of the more difficult Psalms to break down in this series. Psalm 120 is harsh, right? It's brutally honest. It's not like the, the beautiful sheep and shepherd that I mentioned in Psalm 23. It's not the incredible prayer of protection and peace that we find of Psalm 91. It's not even the beautiful declaration of faith of the following Psalm 121 that we're gonna look at next week. It's not something you're gonna print out and put on your wall in all likelihood. But in its brutal honesty, it serves a very important purpose. It's the prod that gets us going on this journey. And that prod is dissatisfaction with the way things are. Eugene Peterson describes this psalm as the song of a person doubled up in pain over what is going on in the world. I wonder if that resonates with you today. Save me from lying lips. I am for peace. They are for war. I've distilled the essence of what I think the psalmist is trying to say into its very simplest form. This is my own adaptation, so uh, if you have any concerns about it, please do let us know. Email Pete Gregg at Emmaus Road. Dot com here we are lord help me i know that you can i am sick of the lies that surround me constantly i want to live peacefully but i always find myself in the middle of a battleground help me lord i want to come home you'll be pleased to know that this um, is not where this whole series is going to stay Um, It's going to be a little easier after this, but as I said, this psalm is the crucial first step, and I think that step is honesty. God doesn't need to be shielded from the difficult things, the pain, the frustration, even the anger that we feel as humans. In fact, he even welcomes it. To be honest, I think sometimes Christians, I think the church, aren't particularly good at being honest about the negative side of our emotions listen to the lyrics from some popular worship songs, or follow some famous Christians on social media, and pretty quickly you'll realize that we love putting the highlights, the good stuff, the easier parts of our lives on display, but we're not always great at being honest about the difficult things. And to be honest, that's not gonna cut it at the minute. People are asking big questions right now, probably more so than at any point in my life so far. Maybe you are one of those people Maybe you've just graduated from university and the job market is in a mess because of coronavirus and understandably you're frustrated about that. Perhaps you are worried about the end of the furlough scheme and your job being made redundant. Maybe you have health concerns for yourself or for a loved one. These are the big questions people are asking at the minute. Walter Brueggemann is one of the world's most respected Old Testament scholars, and he specializes in the Psalms of lament. And he says this, pain that is brought to speech turns to energy, pain that does not turn to speech turns to despair. Something positive can happen when we vocalize and we we pray our pain to God rather than keeping it inside. David, as we know, wrote so many of the Psalms, many of them are, full of praise and celebration and worship to God. And yet many are also full of pain and questioning, frustration, even anger. He was completely honest before God. And he is the person that the Bible describes as being after God's own heart. I wonder if the feeling of this, Sam, resonates with you today, sick of the lies that you hear all around you at the minute. But this Psalm goes beyond that outcry and it becomes the first step in a journey back towards God. There's two learnings in particular that I want to draw us to today. So the first one of those is from verse two. Save me from lying lips and from deceitful tongues. I've chosen the really difficult parts of the Psalm to drill into. The voices that we listen to have a profound influence on our lives. Um, I'm sure many of you will remember that we started this year as a church doing the UnHurry series, looking at the book, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. I was really excited about it. It ticked all of my you know, spiritual formation boxes, excited about practices and things that could help me deepen my relationship with Jesus. And so I was getting good by the end of February at leaving my phone downstairs at night so that First thing in the morning, last thing at night, I wasn't checking the news and filling my mind with all of the fear and things that can so easily come from that. I was getting better at creating space for prayer and reading the Bible and having more intentional conversations with people. And yet suddenly, middle of March, we find ourselves isolated, locked down in our own homes, completely reliant on the internet and on our devices to stay in touch with each other and with the outside world. We're probably listening to the news more than ever before. We're probably spending more time on our devices than ever before, understandably. And as long as we are waiting for the next news bulletin or the next uh, political election result or the next scientific breakthrough to bring us to that place of tranquility, we're gonna be frustrated. In seasons of pressure like this one that we are all in, the voices that we allow ourselves to listen to, it's very important that we are careful about those. In 2018, one of my New Year's goals was to memorise psalms. My plan was to do one a week. Very ambitious, I know. But I started off strong and uh, I already had a few down before that. So by the end of January, I had about six or seven psalms memorised. And little did I know that we would um, receive a diagnosis, my wife and I, whilst we were carrying our daughter that was potentially devastating. It completely rocked our world. And I remember a very wise friend telling me to be really careful about the voices that I listened to in that season. And I'm so grateful uh, that I had stored up some Psalms. God obviously knew what was happening and I could just turn to them, mull over them, speak them to myself in the moments where the fear and the panic took over. This is where the psalmist finds himself, fed up with the lies, the false promises and the slander that is so natural to the world and yet so unnatural to the way of Jesus. We need to find ways as the people of God to seek out voices that are good, that are wise, that bring truth to us. Voices that remind us that we are made and loved by God and that others are made and loved by God. And they are therefore our neighbors and not our enemies. I wonder what voices you're listening to at the minute. Who are you giving your head space, your heart space to in this season? The second learning that I'd love to draw out from this psalm is from verse 5. Woe to me that I dwell in Mishach, that I live among the tents of Kedar, this may seem cryptic to us in the 21st century, but you don't need to understand the geography of the ancient Near East to understand the emotion that the Psalmist is trying to convey here. He isn't where he wants to be. In case you are interested, Meshech was a place thousands of miles from Palestine, and Kidar was a wandering tribe along Israel's borders with a reputation for barbaric ruthlessness. You actually couldn't be in both of those places at once physically, and so the samist again is trying to evoke something. On Tuesday night, Adam texted me the update from the government that from tomorrow, Monday the 14th of September, we are going to be limited to groups of six again for our socialising. And uh, I have to be honest, it hit me really hard. Um, I've done well in lockdown this year. We've been busy. We've had another baby this year. Uh, between work and my studies and music, I've kind of filled my time quite well and, and, and kept, kept my emotions afloat. But on Tuesday night hearing that, it really hit me like, oh, I can't believe we're going back into more restrictions again. I wonder if, like me, you're starting to feel like this year is a bit like Meshach and Kedar. It's strange and it's hostile. The feeling of wanting things to just go back to normality is overwhelming at times. We all want to get back to that place where we can see friends, see family, share meals with loved ones, go and try clothes on in a shop before you buy them. All of those normal things that we didn't even think about before. The people of Israel were a people in exile, always searching for home, but not finding it. And I'm beginning to feel a little bit like that this year, to be honest with you. But the truth is, we are where we are. There's nothing we can do about that. And so there is a choice before us. I'm reminded of the question in Psalm 137. How shall we sing the Lord's song in a foreign land? And I think this is the choice before us. We could shy away, we could hide it out, we could survive through this winter, this season that lies ahead of us. Or we could dig in, we could embrace the insecurity, the uncertainty, the anxiety even, and choose to worship anyway. Perhaps God is even using this year to remind us that we weren't at home in the first place. What this world calls normal is not normal for those of us who know Jesus. Maybe we need to be reminded that we are pilgrims. We're always on a journey, that we need to learn to sing the Lord's song in the midst of that. I wonder what would happen if instead of yearning to go backwards to normality, whatever that is, we instead choose to go onwards boldly, singing the Lord's song. The beautiful thing about the Songs of Ascent, the 15, is that they are a journey, they are a narrative arc in and of themselves, and they start here in this place of discontent in Psalm 120. But ultimately, if you check out Psalm 134, the final one, we see this beautiful picture of the pilgrims arriving at the temple. Come bless the Lord, all you servants of the Lord, who stand by night in the house of the Lord. Lift up your hands to the holy place and bless the Lord. This is the path laid out for us by these ancient worshipers, moving from a place of discontent with the way things are and allowing that to be the thing that propels us back to a place of worship, to a place of hope once again in God. I wonder if we have the courage to use the pain and the frustration that we feel at the minute through all the things that have happened this year to help us get back to that place of worship once again So there we have it, Psalm 120, permission to be honest about the things that are difficult in our lives, the things that we are experiencing that are not always good and not always easy. Permission to be honest before the God who not only can handle those truths, but who even welcomes that honesty from his people. And yet this Psalm is also a wake up call to be mindful about the voices that we are allowing to speak to our hearts and our heads at the moment. To not be so comfortable with the things of the world which are opposed to the kingdom of light that we belong to. This psalm is a roadmap back to hope. I wonder if you will pray this bold prayer with me now in closing. This is from uh, Eugene Peterson and uh, I love this prayer. It reminds me which voices to listen to. Here we go. Rescue me from the lies of advertisers who claim to know what I need and what I desire. From the lies of entertainers who promise a cheap way to joy. From the lies of politicians who pretend to instruct me in power and morality. From the lies of religionists who heal the wounds of this people lightly. From the lies of moralists who pretend to promote me to the office of captain of my fate. From the lies of pastors who get rid of god's command so you won't be inconvenienced in following the religious fashions rescue me from the person who tells me of life and omits christ who is wise in the ways of the world and ignores the movement of the spirit amen and lord i want to just continue praying for everyone listening to this message today that you would Help them to discern which voices they are listening to in this season, and you would lead them to voices that remind them who they are, voices that give them wisdom and kindness and goodness instead of false hope and despair. And I also pray, Lord, that you would help us to be a people of courage in this season, to use the things that frustrate us about the way things are in the world, and that that would propel us back into a place of trusting in you, of hope in you, and ultimately of worshiping you, God. Amen.